0: الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا واشهد ان لا اله إن الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا وَنِسَاءَ واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم مع مالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هجم محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل مُحْدَثَةٍ بدعه وَكُلَّ بِدَعَةٍ دُلَالَ وَكُلَّ دُلَالَةٍ فِي النار. مَرْحَبًا بِكُمْ جَمِيعًا أَهْلًا وَسَهْلًا We continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of an imam النووي رحمه الله تعالى رحمة We arrive to Al Hadith Al Rabi Asher, the 14th Hadith. Anibini Masoud, Rodi Allahuan, Kala, Kala Rasulullahi, sallallahu Allahu Alihi Wasallam, La Yahello, Damumrien, muslimin Illa, Behda, Thalath, Athayib, Azani, Wan Nafs, Bin Nafs, Li Lil لِدِينِهِ al-Bukhari أَلْبُخَارِي وَمُسْلَمُ Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, may Allah be pleased with him, narrated that the Messenger وسلم, said that the blood of the Muslim is not permissible except in three circumstances or three cases the thayyib who commits zina a life for a life and the one who abandons his religion, separating from the jama'ah. This narration here establishes the asl, the origin as it relates to the life of a Muslim, that the life of a Muslim is sacred. As the Prophet wasallam mentioned, That every Muslim is sacred to another Muslim His blood, his property and his honor And we as Muslims should never do anything to violate the life of another Muslim Or to violate the property of another Muslim Or to violate the honor of another Muslim Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who made these things sacred So we must hold them to be sacred there is another narration on other companions that have the same meaning And one of them is from Uthman ibn Affan And Uthman ibn Affan when he was surrounded by the Khawarij he said to them, Atalamuna Anna Rasulullah, Sallallahu said, Allahu Alaihi Wasallam call, La Yahilu, Demumri and Muslim in Illa bi Echda Thalath, Zina by the Ihsan, O Irtidad by the Islam, O Katl Nafsin be ready hackin for Kutilabi, for Wallahi mazanetu fi Jahiliyah, Wallafi Islam. وَلَا اِرْتَدَتُ مُنذُ بَيَّعْتُ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ وَلَا قَتَلْتُ النَّفْسَ التي حَرَّمَ اللَّهِ فَبِمَا تَقْتُلُونَنِي أو فَبِمَا تَقْتُلُونَي Uthman, he, he was addressing these individuals who came to his house to harm him because they were revolting against him and these individuals were incited by the likes of Abdullah bin Sabah He kept going around to the different Muslim lands and saying Uthman is doing this and Uthman is doing that Stirring up the people Till eventually they came to Medina to harm Uthman Saying that they want justice And the Sahaba They wanted to defend him And he wanted to send their children to defend him And Uthman told him return back to your homes I don't want no fighting on my behalf Look at, look at Uthman, he was even in this situation He don't want no Muslim bloodshed I don't want no fighting on my behalf And also this was him accepting the Qadr of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, Because the Prophet wasallam gave Uthman The glad tidings of paradise But he's going to be tested And this was it right here so he accepted his decree. So he told the Sahaba go home and take your children and don't no one, no one standing in front of my door defending me. But look what he said to these individuals who were coming to harm him. He said to them, "Do you know that the Messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that the blood of a Muslim is not permissible except in one of three cases: committing zina after being married." or apostating from the religion or apostasy after one's Islam or someone who has killed someone unjustly and as a result of that he gets the capital punishment he said I swear by Allah I never committed Zina in Jahiliyyah nor did I commit Zina in Islam he said and I have not left the religion after I gave the Pledge of Allegiance to the Messenger Meaning, ever since I became a Muslim I never turned back And I have not killed anyone unjustly So why are you trying to kill me? SubhanAllah This was Uthman ibn Affan reminding them of The sacredness of the blood of a Muslim Unfortunately, they were blinded by their rage And blinded by their emotional state This is why it's very important That we do not judge affairs based upon emotions The matters have to be looked at with the eye of the Islamic legislation What does Allah say? What did the Prophet say? This is how we view things to be Because when we get emotional, emotions can blind us And make us do something that later on we will regret So it's very important that we must control our anger Don't do anything based off of anger As the Prophet said لا up. Do not become angry Don't do things based upon rage and emotions But rather we must be intelligent We must be mindful We must be aware What does the religion say? And this is why Allah mentions لا تقدموا all you who believe Don't put yourself before Allah and His Messenger So even though Uthman reminded them And informed them Of what the Prophet wasallam said They ignored it And they killed Uthman عن, Unjustly But just imagine the state of a person's mind and the emotional state of a person that he hears the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi words and it's like it didn't even exist don't even it make it doesn't even have any effect upon him you know a person is in a bad state that when a person can tell someone hey calm down Allah says hey calm down the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and still the person is going forward this shows you the dangers of moving off of emotions and off of rage and that which is similar to it. The first one mentioned from the exceptions, a thayyib al A thayyib is one who has married with a valid marriage contract and he consummated the marriage that person is now considered a thayyib. if he commits Zina after that it's considered adultery in Islam adultery in Islam is different from what the people here in the West consider to be adultery here in the West when the term adultery is used is normally referring to someone who was married and have an extramarital relationship in Islam, that's adultery but adultery is also one who was previously married, even though he may not be married at the moment once a person has been previously married and the person has consummated that marriage, anything from an extramarital relationship is considered adultery after that, is no longer fornication for that person Fornication is when a person has never been married and then has illegal sexual intercourse. But both uh, terms of uh, fornication and adultery are known as zina. Both is considered zina. But now when it comes to the individual, then you have zina which means adultery or zina which means fornication. But in Islam, if a person has been married with a valid marriage contract and the marriage was consummated, anything after that for the individual is considered zina, meaning from the extramarital relationships. Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَلَا تَقْرَبُوا zina," and don't go near zina. He didn't say don't commit it, He said, What? Don't go near it. And this is a more severe prohibition, as the scholars mentioned. This is more severe than saying don't do it. Saying don't go near it is stronger than saying don't do it. For there are many harms that come with zina. From the harms that come as a result of zina is that a person's iman, it is deficient. As the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he stated la yazni hina yazni la yazni al hina yazni al zani hina yazni wa huwa mu'min la yazni al zani hina yazni wa huwa mu'min The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned no individual commits sexual intercourse and he is a believer at that time of committing the sexual intercourse the illegal sexual intercourse and what's intended by he is not a believer at that time means he is deficient iman. Not that he is a kafir, that he's left Islam at the time of committing zina. No, that's the misconception. It doesn't mean that. What's intended is that the person, his iman has decreased. His iman is weak. His iman is not strong. His iman is not complete. Because if his Iman was strong and his Iman was complete Then it would have prevented him From doing that act of indecency So this is one of the harms of Zina Another harm that comes as a result of Zina Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when the people are indulged in indecency and evil, Allah sends down upon them sicknesses and diseases that were not known to the previous nations. One narration, the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he mentioned, "ما ظهرت فاحشة في إِلَّا عَذَّبَهُمُ اللَّهُ بِالْمَوْتِ أو, كما أو كما قَالَ اللَّهِ عليه وسلم. Never does indecency become prevalent amongst the people Except that Allah He begins to punish them with death Meaning things start happening, people just start dying People start dying And this here, بَارَكَ Is a warning for the people Against the acts of indecency and evil The acts of indecency and evil And when when the word fahisha is mentioned Without a doubt it includes zina But it's not restricted to it But at the head of the affairs is zina When the word fahisha is mentioned And fahisha is like indecency It's like something that's lewd and indecent Something that is not befitting for uh, a person to have As it relates to character Another narration The Prophet ﷺ he uh, mentions just uh, looking for There's a statement from one of the scholars I wanted to add Naam <inaudible> It's an Ka'ab Al-Ahbar Radiallahu an Qal Iza ra'ayta al-waba Qad fasha fa'lam anna zina qad fasha That whenever you see like contagious diseases and sicknesses becoming widespread then know that zina has become widespread amongst the people whenever you see contagious diseases and sicknesses becoming widespread amongst the people then know that's an indication that illegal sexual intercourse is widespread and prevalent amongst the people Another point The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He stated And the meaning is O Muhajirun There are five things That you will be tested with And I seek refuge with Allah That you see them Number one Immorality or never does immorality appear amongst the people to such an extent that they commit these acts openly but plagues and diseases that were not known amongst the predecessors will spread amongst them never do a people cheat when it comes to weights and measurement except that they will be stricken with famine severe calamity and Allah will put over them oppressive rulers People always complaining. All oh, the root, we, the, our, our sins are the cause of these things to happen. People don't look at that. People always want to look at what the leader is doing. That's not right. Did it ever occur to the people? Perhaps Allah put that leader over us because of the wrong that we have done. People always want. It's easy to put the blame on the leader or the one who's doing. It. But what do we do to get that type of leader? The people went to Ali bin Abi Talib. And they was complaining You know we don't have leaders like Abu Bakr or Umar or Uthman He said because they had people like me following them (laughs) And I had people like you following me (laughs) Allahu Akbar It said the next matter Never will a people withhold the zakat of their wealth Except that Allah will withhold the rain from the heavens And were it not for the animals, Allah will not send down no rain And never do a people break their covenant with Allah and his messenger Except that Allah will give their enemies power over them Unless their leaders rule according to the book of Allah And seek all good from that which Allah has revealed Allah will cause them to fight one another This narration is in Ibn Majah SubhanAllah will So, here, Barakallah, the point this is one of the dangers of a zina. And that is widespread sickness comes as a result, and sickness that the people prior to us never heard of. And may Allah keep us safe. Amen. Also, from the evils of zina, is the mix the mix up of the lineages. This happens, and the breakup of the families. How many families and marriages have been broken up because of zina? And then, how many lineages were mixed up because of zina? A woman commits zina; she gets pregnant. Her current spouse, husband, believes that's his child. is not really his child. He finds out later; it's not his child. Divorce Or he never finds out that it's not his child And he raises the child as his own And other than that from the evils that come From zina So Alhamdulillah remember Islam has come to preserve the five necessities The deen That's number one Your life Your intellect Your wealth and your, uh, your lineage and your honor These two go together Islam has come to protect your religion So rules and regulations are in place So that you remain as a Muslim To protect you so that you don't leave Islam Prohibition of shirk Prohibition of kufr These things are in place to protect your relationship with Allah That's your deen And then you have that which comes which To protect your life like it's not allowed for people to just kill people You can't just go around killing people and taking people's life No, Islam has come to preserve life Islam has come to preserve the aqli, your intellect So you find as an example It's not allowed to use intoxicants Or to drink khamr or to smoke any type of drugs Because this will corrupt the person's uh, intellect uh, Islam has come to protect the wealth so stealing is forbidden Dealing in riba is forbidden Or trickery and other than that these things are forbidden to protect the wealth of the people the, uh, the rules and regulations when it comes to dealing with the wealth of the orphan are in place to protect the wealth of the orphan So Islam has come to protect the wealth of the people It's not permissible as an example to sell something you don't own It is not permissible to sell something that's unknown These rules and regulations are in place to protect the people's wealth And then lastly, you have the lineage or the, the honor So Allah has prohibited zina to protect your lineage, to protect your honor No one wants to be looked at as a zani As a person who is lewd and indecent, immoral Committing illegal sexual intercourse So Allah has forbidden these things Anything that can lead uh, to zina Is forbidden And this is why We are commanded in the Quran To lower the gaze To put your gaze down Right If you see the opposite sex Lower your gaze Don't look Don't stare And there is no such thing As one look for Allah One look for you And then the third look for shaitan is no such thing. Right? You've heard that before, right? It doesn't exist. That comes from jail. I'm just being honest. Like these now like that narration, that probably in the knows best part was started in prison. Right? There is a narration that says the first look is for you. What's intended by that is the unintentional look. Like a woman. She passes by you and you just happen to see her. Khalas, don't look again. That's it. Anything after that, that's a sin now. Right? The first look, not... The first look is for Allah. second look for you. And then the third look, that's Shaitan. That's <laughs> No 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 And then the first look is not an an, an intentional look. Right, one brother he was looking at a woman and he just kept his eyes said I can't blink, I gotta get my first look. No, stop. <laughs> narration don't mean that. You know, I'ma keep my eyes open and I'm not gonna blink, you know. And as soon as I cause once you blink, that's it, that's your look. No 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 no. Hadith doesn't mean that. And likewise the women have to lower their gaze too. But Allah mentions the believing men first Because it's more of a fitna upon us than the woman But that doesn't mean that they are allowed to just be looking at men They have to lower their gaze too Also the prohibition of being alone with a woman The Prophet said mentioned that whenever a man and a woman is alone Meaning they're not related That shaitan is the third party And this is we have to be very careful Unless it's like something a necessity you can't get around. Sometimes we're in a situation is a necessity can't get around. Other than that, it is not allowed for a man to be alone with a woman he's not mahram for her, meaning she's not uh, a non-marriageable uh, relative: his mother, his sister, his aunt, daughter, granddaughter, and the likes. You're not supposed to be alone with women. Another narration the prohibition of shaking the hand of a woman. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said what means uh, it's better that one of you gets hit over the head with an iron rod than to shake a woman's hand who's not mahram for him. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as mentioned by his family he never shook the hand of a woman and don't be embarrassed to tell the woman that I can't shake hands, excuse me, it's for my religion not to shake hands upon me They have to understand or they will understand You know, sometimes we do it out of embarrassment or not wanting to hurt someone's feelings But Allah has more right to be obeyed And we just have to explain in a beautiful way You know, from our, from our religion, you know, it's not allowed for us to uh, touch hands You know, with a woman who we are allowed to marry or can marry and you know subhanallah you see it's amazing how the rabbi, you'll see a rabbi, the woman put she, he won't put his hand out. You'll see some they won't shake their hands. Here we are, we are Muslims, we have the haq, we have the truth. We, we put the hand out first. The prophet is the woman, she's a Muslim, no, we especially must We explain to us, lay the Jews. It's a hadith. It's not permissible to put you. To, to, you better get hit over your head with an iron rod than to shake a woman's hand who is not mahram for you. If this is your mother, halas, tell you. This is your sister, your wife, your grandmother. You know you can hug them, kiss them on the forehead. This is allowed. But we talking about a woman that's not your wife, and you can marry that woman. Yes. So you can marry that. We have to be very careful. The Prophet, when the woman will come to give bay'ah So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Normally, the Prophet would shake the hands of the Sahaba when they gave 'ah. bay'ah We would shake their hands But he didn't shake the hands with the woman. He would just take their bay'ah from them verbally Because he never shook the hand of a woman He's the example And all we have to do When dealing with the non-Muslims here in this society Is explain in a good way Explain in a good way And believe me you have even from amongst them, they say, oh no, I know, I forgot. You have that. Well, one time, I remember one time being in a supermarket, and uh, a Latina woman, she was at the register, and I gave put the money there, she took it, and she had the change, and she went to, I said, put it down. She help woman and said, for what, why? Just like that. I said, it's my religion, you can't touch women like that. He said, I like that religion. And put the money. Wallah, <laughs> wallah. He put the money there. I just took the money and went. Another situation at my job. Alhamdulillah, um, a brother, he had accepted Islam. And he, but prior to his Islam, he was a ladies' man at the job. Alhamdulillah, he accepted Islam. And all the women were mad. And At the job, it was mad. Because now he's telling them, I can't do that no more. No, 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 I'm a Muslim now, you know, Muhammad, he was, you know, mashallah, I gave him strength, so they was coming to me, this, this guy is a Muslim, I said, yes, he became a Muslim, he said, I can't touch him, I said, no, that's correct, that's from, that's from our religion, well, why, why not, I touched him before, I said, no, in our religion, you know, it's not allowed for a man to have that physical contact with a woman, who he is allowed to marry because Islam closes the door to anything that can lead to evil because you know the touch leads to a hug and hug leads to a kiss and then then she said you know what that makes a lot of sense she said I wish my husband would become a Muslim so he could stop touching on all the women just like that (laughs) I didn't ask her but she I just you know that was the end of the conversation but subhanAllah you'll find that some people they understand Because they have Muslims in their family Or they've interacted with Muslims before Or even just from the issue of the fitrah The the fitrah Some people, they have Some of their natural disposition is still with them So when they hear these rules It's like, no, that's that's correct, that's right That's right So it's our responsibility To clarify to the people And to maintain our Islamic uh, identity And our Islamic practices For sure, it's definitely an opportunity to give dawah, but you know some brothers unfortunate is their mannerisms You know how they do things that turn the people away from Islam And we have to be very careful never to chase the people away from the deen You understand here here in America we, are, we as Muslims, we are the minority here We're not the majority, this is not a Muslim country So we have to Go about our affairs In a beautiful way, with wisdom, with hikmah As Allah azawajal mentions Udu'u ila sabele rabbik bil hikmati Wal mu'idati alhasana Wajadil Call to the way of your Lord with wisdom Hikmah is the first thing Allah mentions And beautiful speech And debate with him in a manner that's best I mean, we don't be verbally abusive to people And you know, and cursing people's gods And cursing people's religion That's not the way to give da'wah to the people Alright It's not the way to give da'wah Da'wah Is ibadah we Always remember that Giving da'wah is ibadah And ibadah must be done Number one sincerely for Allah Number two according to the teachings of Prophet Muhammad So when we look at da'wah if we call someone to Islam It should be for Allah's sake And secondly when we call someone to Islam We should use that which the Prophet gave us Like walatu nafiru. That's one of the Mannerisms of giving da'wah The Prophet when he would send people out To call people to Islam He would say بشيرو, yani Give the people glad tidings وَلَتُنَفِّرُ Don't chase the people away wa la Make things easy, don't make things difficult This is the instructions That the Prophet Muhammad wasallam gave to the Sahaba When he would send them out to different lands To call the people to Islam So this is a, a manhaj A methodology that we must observe As it relates to giving dawah We can't just give dawah any way we want to give dawah Some people think you can give dawah by uh, performing magic tricks and, and using music and stuff like that To give dawah It's not a way to give dawah Dawah is ibadah Since when you ever seen the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Blowing on a flute, flute Saying la ilaha illallah La ilaha illallah And they're playing the flute Or somebody playing the flute And he's on the side chanting la ilaha illallah And then the people say oh what's that When You'll never find it in the sirah Of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as a matter of fact, prior to the Prophet was becoming a prophet He was invited to go to like a party Where there was music and singing And Allah caused him to fall into a deep sleep he Didn't let him go This was prior to him becoming a prophet So now he's going to become a prophet And music is going to be used as a tool to give dawah to the people? No, no way No way But when we see the Prophet was he gave dawah with good speech He gave dawah by way of good manners Fulfilling the trust Being someone who was truthful Being someone who was trustworthy This was, this was from the ways that the Prophet gave dawah Wasallam Reading to the people what Allah said in the Quran This was the way the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave dawah But we do not find the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Using these other methods that we find people in this day and time using to give dawah. Yes. You don't have to call me sheikh. Just brother, please. Yes. Yes. A person uh, calls to what he knows. What you know, that's what you speak about. What you don't know, you don't speak about. The Prophet said, Convey on me Even if it's one verse From the Quran Or even as one hadith Whatever you know That's what you you teach If you know A benefit from Islam As it relates to The status of the mother Then you mention that Islam honors the mother We say You can take down their questions And then say I will present them to the, the Imam of the I attend, or invite the person to come to ask their questions to the imam or to those who are present who have the ability to answer. this is how you know don't we don't just let the person go though because no, we want the people to enter into islam we want good for the people now so the the tayyib is the one who has married with a valid marriage contract And this also means like if a person prior to Islam was married as a Christian And then entered into Islam You say Because that marriage is recognized by Islam That's why the scholars say Nikahun sahihun A valid nikah Doesn't necessarily have to be within Islam Yes, because remember the marriages of the people of the book are recognized. And when a person comes into Islam married, he's considered to be married. Let's say a a man and a woman were married as Christians and then both of them accept Islam. They're, They're still married, they don't have to get remarried in the masjid. The marriage is recognized. Or if the man accepts Islam but his wife didn't but she's a Christian. He's still, because it's allowed for a Muslim man to be married to a kitabia, the marriage is recognized, is, is acknowledged. And the marriage was consummated. Thumma And then afterwards, he committed zina. Then he is given capital punishment. And this is in a land, on a place where Islamic law is, not here in America. We don't have authority here. We don't have the authority to take nobody in the backyard and everybody get some stones and we just want to... No, no, no. Or, or a person commits fornication, we take them down in the basement and we start lashing them. No, we, we don't have... They used to do that here in, in, in America, unfortunately. Yes. And some mashes in here in New York City? Oh, yeah. Brooklyn? <laughs> man, they take you in the basement quick, man. You get some lashes on your back, I'm telling you, but that's, that's, that's not allowed. That's not allowed because we don't have authority here to do it. It is a principle that the hudud or the Islamic prescribed punishments are not to be established in the lands where we in the lands of the non-Muslims. We don't have the authority here. You understand? We we're not the governing uh, people here, so we can't take matters into our own hands and say no, we're going to establish the hudud. And unfortunately, you had some ignorant Muslims. They, like, moved upstate and got their own land and their own property, so they stopped establishing Hudud because they figured that's their land. No, you're still in America. Okay, and then, you know, subhanAllah, it led to some problems later on for the people. So be wise, be smart. Yes, d- d- these are the laws. We believe in them, but this is not here. Right, that's not here. Right, that's not here. And And also, we do not believe... ...that the Islamic prescribed punishments are barbaric. Whoever believes that the Islamic prescribed punishments are barbaric... ...that's apostasy from the religion. Because now you're saying that something that Allah has legislated... ...is evil and it has no place. Now some people say, Those, that's for the, uh, the, uh, the age of old. No, 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 that's for all times. <coughs> it's suitable, Islam is suitable for all times, all places. But again for those of us who are minorities living in the majority or the land where the majority of the people are not muslims we don't have the right to establish the Hudud and what's the proof of that? Do you have any instance where the Prophet established a prescribed punishment in Mecca prior to him migrating to Medina? Yes or no? Think about it. Any? None. As a matter of fact, the prescribed punishments didn't even come down at that time. Why? Because the Muslims were in a state of weakness. They were the minority. They were not the governing people. But once the Prophet migrated from Mecca to Medina, and then the Islamic State was established. Now these rules started to come. Because the Muslims are the authority. So Sheikh al Islam ibn Taymiyyah, he mentions a good point. He said the verses and the practices of Mecca are not all abrogated because some people try to say Oh, those verses and those situations are abrogated because of after the Hijrah Ibn Taymiyyah Rahimullah said they are not abrogated in, in totality he said whenever the people or the situation of the Muslims is similar to the Muslims who were in Mecca prior to the Hijrah then those rules come back into play then those rules come back into play You understand? Like as an example, Allah commanded the Prophet Wasallam to strive against the non-Muslims in Mecca. But with what? His hand? His hand or what? With the Quran. That was the Prophet striving in Mecca. With the Quran. Meaning with da'wah. But when the Prophet migrated to... Medina and the people started to try to harm the Muslims. Now the Prophet was given permission to defend himself. And came after. We have to under- this is very important. We have to under- We have to read the Sira and look at the stages that the Muslims went through. Now this doesn't mean that some people will try to misinterpret this. Well, if that's the case, then being that we are here in America and this is not an Islamic state, then we should be able to drink khamr Because khamr wasn't Prohibited all at once. At first, it came some time, some years, and no, 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 That is something that's within our ability that we stay away from that prohibition, because in the beginning, as Aisha radiyallahu anha she mentioned, the verses that Allah was sending down was about paradise, about hellfire, about uh, worshipping Allah alone and Allah did not send down don't drink, don't kill, don't commit zina," like in the beginning like that or don't drink, excuse me, don't drink, don't commit zina." she said because if this would have came down first then nobody would have believed nobody would have believed but those matters came later on when the people's heart was strong and their faith was strong Allah is prohibited, but then that's prohibited forever now Prohibited forever now Because it is a matter of just staying away So one should not understand uh, When the scholars say The hudur are not to be established In the lands of the non-Muslims That that means okay now we're It's allowed for us to do the haram It's allowed for us to commit zina because we're in America. It's allowed for us to to consume uh, intoxicants because we're in America. It's allowed for us to consume riba because we're in America. No, these things are not allowed. These things are not allowed. In the time of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. There were some companions who fell into the zina. And the Prophet Sallallahu he punished them. And after him, the rightly guided Khulafa, they punished the people for committing zina. And another point the scholars mentioned. That the awliya of the woman They have to fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And not make it extremely difficult for people to marry Because this is one of the causes of zina You have unfortunately some fathers It's like they're selling their daughters to the highest bidder not about religion. It's about who who's making the most money or who's presenting the biggest dowry. This is the one I marry my daughter to. And then you may have a person who's religious and has good character and he has the ability to maintain her, but he doesn't he's not a millionaire. And the father says no. And he's waiting for the big payday. But first of all the dowry is for the woman not for the father. That's her diary That's her mahram That's number one Number two The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam He mentioned إِذَا أَتَى إِلَيْكُمْ مَن دِينَهُ If someone comes to who you are pleased with his, his religion You are pleased with his character Marry him off And If you don't do it There's going to be trials and tribulations And what's meant One of the understandings Is that if you don't marry the person off Then that can open up the door to zina And you have these cases in the communities Where an individual Mashallah Like we know of a case Brother, good brother Mashallah from what's apparent in It's mm-hmm. a person he prays in a masjid person who attends classes person who has good character He's working Goes to school And he Proposed To a father for his daughter's hand but What's the problem? And no one take offense here The sister is Fulaniya Mother and father Fulani The brother's mother is Fulani But the father is Mendingo So the father said No you Mendingo and your people They used to be slaves Come on This is the criteria Bilal was a slave radiyallahu an And he married An Arab woman Go and look at Bilal's history, see who his wife was. So, where is this thing? Oh, your people used to be slaves. Oh, yeah. Bilal was a slave. And we take pride in Bilal, right? Okay, he was a slave. What's the issue? We have to be careful with this tribalism affairs. Because this tribalism is not the criterion, the criterion is deen and khuluq and can the individual maintain now if there are tribal differences that will lead to fitting in the marriage that's something different now meaning between the man and the woman some, sometimes cultural differences will cause problems between the husband and the wife but that has to be something that's established not assumed because you look at the Sahaba you don't find this type of behavior you don't find this type of criterion being used This one is such and such This one is such and such No, because you're not from this tribe and no. Okay, the Muhajirin married from the Ansar The Ansar married from They were different tribes, different people Different people, different They had some different had Everything wasn't the same as it related to cultural practices What was important was what? The taqwa of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the marriages were successful then. So you find that these type of things, putting these type of stipulations, and it can open the door for Zina. That's why the prophet said, if you don't do it, then there will be fitnah. There will be fitnah that will come. Yes. So you talk about the uh, So why you don't find uh, something in said about, um, like Abu Hurayra, like. there are narrations with Bilal's name mentioned in it and the virtues of Bilal and their narrations Abu Huraira when he accepted Islam he used to be, he stayed with the Prophet every day he didn't work <laughs> he used to just be with the Prophet just getting the narrations and the Prophet made du'a for Abu Huraira that Allah allow him to memorize good and Abu Huraira said I never forgot anything after that du'a." so Abu Huraira has more narrations than even Aisha Aisha is the wife but Abu Huraira has more narrations than her Abu Huraira has the most narrations than all of the companions Abu Bakr is the best friend of the Prophet Muhammad Abu Huraira has more narrations than him so don't make an issue with Bilal Don't make no issue with Bilal. Don't don't say, "Hey, Bilal ain't got no." No, Don't make. Their companions who don't have a lot of narrations. Abu Bakr himself, he doesn't have a lot of narrations. He has some narrations, but he's he is the prophet. They asked the prophet, "Who's the most beloved of the men to you?" He said Abu Bakr. But Abu Bakr doesn't have the most narrations. So what that mean? Something wrong with Abu Bakr? Nothing wrong with Abu Bakr. Some companions didn't narrate a lot, but others did. Yeah, Hamilah Abu Bakr wasn't the Mu'adhan. Bilal was the Mu'adhan. One, listen, look, look at this. No, no, no. Ibn Umar told me there's others. But look, the companion who had the dream about the Adhan. He went to the Prophet, told the Prophet. Umar ibn Khatar had the same dream. What did the Prophet say? Go teach Bilal. He has a stronger voice. Why ain't let Ummah? Ummah had the same dream. Why not Ummah? Ummah is the second rightly guided uh, Khalifa. Go teach Bilal. His voice stronger. Everybody has their virtues and everybody has their position. And the Prophet Sallallahu being the leader that he was he put the people in the proper positions that they were in. But look at the Hadith. The Prophet was in Jannah. And he's seen the, the, the castle or the palace of Umar. But then he said, Bilal, I entered Jannah last night and I heard your footsteps in front of me. What you do? Bilal said, I don't know, but only thing whenever I break my wudu, I make wudu and I pray two Rakas The Prophet said, That's it. Hey, Bilal, African Bilal. <laughs> <laughs> Time, inshallah. You should be established at this point. Whatever is correct, the praises for Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala, was incorrect for myself.